Hello, hello, good morning. In this episode, I talk to Chris Sells. Welcome to the Flutter 101 podcast, a podcast focusing on Flutter and Dart. My name is Vince Varga, and welcome to the show. In this episode, my guest is Chris Sells. Chris is a senior product manager at Google on Flutter. He is responsible for the end-to-end development experience, as well as tooling, the package ecosystem, and the desktop platform support. We talked about all that and many more. So, let's get started. Welcome, Chris. Thank you for joining us today. Happy to be here, Vince. Before we get started, could you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Uh, well, I mean, you did a good job. I'm uh, I'm uh, a PM on the Flutter team. I'm responsible for a number of things, but primarily the end-to-end developer experience for Flutter. Um, I've been on the Flutter team um, uh, a little more than uh, two and a half years. Uh, my first week was actually when we released the 1.0 version, and I was in the audience in, in London when that happened, which was pretty great. Um, and then... Um, uh, I've also, in my career at Google, worked on cloud developer tools and Android developer tools. And then before Google, I worked for 20 plus years in the uh, Windows developer community on various developer tools and services. Okay, okay. And could you tell us how you found Flutter and how did you and why did you decide to join the Flutter team? Well, sure. Um, so uh, I was... Um, uh, it was a funny story, actually. Um, I uh, when I joined Google, I moved up to Seattle, um, but I my, I have two grown sons in uh, in Portland, and so I was uh, um, I was c- kind of complaining to a friend of mine over dinner. Right, if only there was a fun, cool, you know, uh, developer focus focused product that was uh, that was based in Portland, so that I could you know be back in Portland with my sons. And as it turns out, just as I said that, I remembered um, that a friend of mine from way back in the Microsoft days, Tim Sneath, was actually a uh, the lead PM uh, for Dart and Flutter. And part of that team was based in Portland. And I, you know, texted him over dinner and we were talking the next day, and within a week, I was—I uh, think I uh, had joined the Flutter team. I mean, it was just—it was just too perfect. It turns out along the way that I had also done some Flutter programming, and um, I'd already fallen fallen in love, even with just a, a month or so of kind of poking at Flutter. So it—it it was really a win-win for me. Okay, and what are you responsible for? As a product manager now at Google, so what are your areas um, that you focus on? Yeah, um, as I well certainly Flutter, yeah, all things Flutter. Um, so I I work on the end to end developer experience, which means that um, I uh, work with our engineers that do tools. I work with our engineers on the framework, uh, even occasionally work with our engineers on the engine side. Uh, I'm also the PM that's driving our desktop uh, offerings, um, currently in beta across Windows, Mac OS, uh, and Linux. Um, I also spend a lot of time working on our uh, ecosystem, um, our our broader packages and plugins ecosystem to make sure that, um, you know, of course, the Flutter team itself can't build everything. uh, And so to make sure that we have a healthy, thriving uh, ecosystem uh, for Flutter developers 
uh, for the things that the that the Flutter team itself can't build. Wanted to ask before before we get started and talk uh, more about Flutter. I always wondered what is the average day of a product manager is like. Uh, so if uh, the average day of a product manager, a couple of sentences. Yeah, yeah um, is uh, I can give it to you in one word: meetings. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because fundamentally, it's my job to understand the pain points of our customers. So I'm talking to um, customers directly. I'm talking with our user experience research team on their quantitative surveys and results. Um, uh, I um, I work with engineering in terms of how do we turn you know pain points. Uh, how do we come up with solutions? Uh, how do we prioritize that? What what's going to have the most impact? How do we get those out the door into our customers' hands? And then I work with our um, our marketing and, and developer relations teams uh, to to get those you know features into uh, developers' hands. So it's a lot of conversation. It's a lot of meetings with uh, pretty much everyone um, in the Flutter team and and a, a, a significant percentage of the Flutter community as a whole. If we could talk a little bit about the desktop support. So you mentioned that you are responsible for the desktop uh, like a, as a product man manager. And could you tell us more about the status quo or the, like the current state of Flutter on desktop? Yeah. So right now we are, uh, we are in beta. We're driving towards stable. Um, and what beta means is that um, we are... Uh, Uh, we have a number of most of the features we want uh, in place, as well as um, most of the issues that we think are going to block anyone fixed. We are not ready to get to stable. Stable requires um, uh, in, an increase in our testing infrastructure um, uh, to make sure that when we build things that they're thoroughly tested and that when we make changes in the future that we catch any regressions before our users see them or as many as possible. And it also makes sure that we can, of course, when, you know, we're building three uh, desktop um, uh, or building support for three desktop operating systems, that means a test infrastructure that works on Windows and one that works on Mac and one that works on Linux. So that's uh, a significant investment. Uh, as well as th that, we're also doing um, uh, some accessibility work, making sure that people can build apps that are accessible. Um, we, we at Google have a high bar for, for what it means uh, to be, you know, production ready and uh, internationalization, localization and accessibility are uh, all on those lists. And so we've, we've still got some accessibility to work uh, to do to finish up, but in general um, uh, people are already building and shipping flutter desktop apps in uh, on the, the windows store on the Mac app store uh, and the Linux snap store People are already doing that. They're not waiting uh, for us to be stable, uh, which means, you know, for at least a certain class of applications, people are already finding it um, stable. Um, and we're seeing increased interest uh, over time. Uh, more and more people want to do desktop. And do you have any numbers? Uh... I absolutely do have numbers. We are very data-driven here at Google. I would like to understand how important is desktop today? So right now, I'd say our number one most popular is mobile. It's been in production for, gosh, almost three years. So that makes sense. Um, 
Uh, and, you know, we've made some recent announcement about the hundreds of thousands of mobile apps in the Google Play Store. Um, we just rolled out uh, in March the production version of web, and it's, um, it's gaining in popularity, as you would expect. Uh, it's behind mobile, but gaining. Uh, and then, you know, uh, desktop is behind web, but it's not, it's not stable yet. So all the numbers are are exactly the way uh, we uh, expect them based on the product lifecycle. And do you have any tips for Flutter developers that would like to start developing for Flutter uh, desktop? So what are the challenges that mm, developers might not have to face while developing for mobile, for Android, iOS, uh, but is very important for desktop apps? Well, when you're, when you're talking about desktop apps, I mean, when... It, there's there's a number of of things that are different um, when you're targeting different operating systems, different form factors, different screen sizes, different input types, um, and and you know so uh, we call those um, Flutter apps that can you know a single source code base that can reasonably run mobile, web, or desktop has to take into account. Hey, what happens when I, you know, render on a, you know, a six-inch screen versus, uh, you know, a twenty-seven-inch screen, right? What happens when I, um, you know, uh, take touch input, but I also want to take mouse and keyboard input? Uh, what What about, you know, taking advantage of some platform uh, specifics? Like, I want to be able to, um, you know, plug into the menuing system for desktop operating systems which isn't, you know, obviously available when it comes to mobile operating systems. So those are the kinds of things that you uh, have to take into account um, when you're, you know, targeting different platforms. And so at this IO, um, we did uh, a talk, uh, Kevin Moore, one of your previous guests, did a, did a talk all about this idea of a platform adaptive app uh, for Flutter. And we His, his video is available uh, on YouTube, as well as uh, a large white paper all about guidance on building platform adaptive apps, right? Building apps that can run reasonably on mobile and web and desktop with a single source code base. Um, uh, we have, uh, we have the, the details of that laid out on flutter.dev. Okay, okay, thank you. And just want to go back to numbers and data uh, a little bit. Uh, so I wanted to ask, so uh, I kind of could have guessed that, okay, iOS, so the mobile is the most important than web and then probably desktop. Um, but amongst the desktop platforms that Flutter supports, do you know, like what are the most popular? Um, so is it Mac, Windows or uh, well, Linux? So again, the numbers are just like you'd expect based on um, uh, relative market share of the various desktop operating systems. So Windows is number one, then Mac, then Linux. Okay, okay. Then you also mentioned that you are responsible for the ecosystem. What does that mean? Well, so I actually work uh, with Michael Thompson, who is my counterpart on the Dart team. And he and I lead a, an, uh, an ecosystem uh, team between Dart and Flutter. And um, essentially what that means is all of the packages and plugins on pub.dev. Right now, there's more than 15,000 Flutter-compatible 
uh, packages and plugins. And so when it comes to, you know, helping users uh, find what's there, understand the, you know, the trade-offs and when they have multiple choices, making sure that they have high quality choices. Those are all the kinds of projects that I work on. I wanted to ask, uh, so what is the Flutter favorite program? Because that also, if I understand things correctly, that's also packages. Um, and I wanted to ask you, what's the Flutter favorite program? Yeah, so the, the Flutter favorite program is one way that we use to highlight high quality uh, packages and plugins uh, on PubDev. Um, and so uh, the, the, the Flutter favorites are a set of packages that have gone through kind of a rigorous quality test. Uh, not are we, are we looking at things like, um, you know, test coverage and documentation coverage and overall kind of approachability uh, from a documentation and sample point of view. We're also um, uh, looking at things like author responsiveness in the, in the GitHub, the associated GitHub. Uh, we're looking for things like verified publisher and version tag so that you know, you know, a specific version of a package on PubDev, what the corresponding source code is uh, on GitHub. Uh, and then uh, we also, anything um, that is made into a Flutter favorite also has to go through a code review um, by a Flutter contributor. So what that means is uh, uh, a Flutter engineer will take a look at the source code uh, and make sure that uh, it's not doing anything terrible, right? That it's not, you know, leaking big amounts of memory, that it's not mining Bitcoin, you know, that there isn't some, you know, uh, major security worry. Obviously, um, there's only so much you can do in a, uh, you know, e even across that set of metrics, um, but it it, uh, it allows us to reach into 15,000 packages and plugins and pull out about, well, right now we're at about 50 that we really recommend as, as head and shoulders uh, uh, above the rest. And, and that number is growing over time because authors want their packages and plugins to be Flutter favorites. They consider that kind of a badge of honor. And so not only, the interesting thing about the program is not only does it make it's easy for customers to find, hey, Flutter developers to find the really good packages and plugins. But it also raises the quality overall in the ecosystem because as even if developers don't get all the way to Flutter favorite, they're always striving. And so they're always increasing um, the, the, uh, the quality bar uh, across the ecosystem as a whole. So we're actually pretty, pretty happy about the results we've gotten from, from the Flutter favorite program. So um, I wanted to ask, so let's say, for example, I have a package that, and that I really like, and I would like it to be highlighted as part of the Flutter favorite program. Uh, do you follow this Hollywood principle that, okay, don't, uh, don't call us, um, we'll call you, or do I need to somewhere uh, apply to be a Flutter favorite uh, package? Yeah. Uh, I like that idea. Don't call us. Don't, we'll call you. That is definitely not how the Flutter Favorite program works. We essentially get nominations um, Flutter for Flutter Favorite candidates from two sources. One is maybe the Hollywood, you know, uh, uh, list 
kind of property. You know, if your package or plugin appears on one of those, you know, blog posts that periodically happen in the Flutter community, you know, your top 10 favorite packages that you should be using in 30 seconds or, or whatever, then, then sure, uh, we'll, we'll take those and, and put them on the list uh, and consider them. And then the, uh, but the other way, the most popular way is um, if you, uh, if, if you go to the Flutter favorite uh, program uh, page on flutter.dev, there's a little link that allows you to nominate um, uh, a package. And right now that link is pretty simple. It just sends me an email. And, uh, and then uh, people, people can nominate, hey, I love this package. It should really be a Flutter favorite. Or more commonly, um, people self-nominate. They say, hey, you know, uh, I've been working on this. Uh, it's pretty popular. You know, I'd love it to be a Flutter favorite. Um, and uh, that's kind of a, a, another indication that, that, that people are increasing the quality of their own packages because of the program. Because often those emails are, I've already gone through, um, you know, your whole list of cr- published criteria. I think it's in a good state. And so what will happen then is when we take those set of candidates, I create a list and then about once a quarter, I get together with um, the Flutter ecosystem committee, which is made up of uh, 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 one Googler, me, and um, four members of the uh, the Flutter community. And we get together four members. Nope, I got those numbers wrong. It's me plus seven members of the Flutter uh, community um, spread around the world, um, China, Latin America, Europe, uh, America. Um, and so we get together and we go through and we figure out, you know, of the candidates, which ones do we think um, pass the initial criteria? And we'll work with each one of those authors. Hey, you know, you don't have verified publisher. Hey, you're not using doing you know, uh, verify or uh, uh, you're versioning, um, uh, you're not using those as tagging uh, properly. You're not using the right open source license. We'll work with the authors there. And over a period of a month, a month or so, um, we'll, we'll then pick the ones that then go on for code review. And then the ones that pass code review at that, that point, those become Flutter favorites. Good to know. Um, I I think the next question I wanted to uh, ask is that what what else do you do uh, you and your team to improve uh, the developer experience with uh, Flutter? So, for example, um, uh, the you know there's been a lot of work over the last gosh two years on what was what was dart dev tools and is now flutter dev tools in terms of bringing in new functionality for for um diagnosing and fixing problems your application for example the layout explorer or the uh the being able to track um size uh, of your finalized app and find where the size is being uh spent memory profiling cpu profiling all of those things that go into you know the the dev tools uh, that you can use standalone or integrated into visual studio code or intellij all of that is all about improving the developer experience uh, for flutter also there's been um 
We've recently been conducting a user experience research study on Navigation 2 and the various custom routers that have been built up around Navigation 2 uh, to see uh, what people think about them, whether one of them should be kind of recommended as the go-to um, uh, custom router uh, for, for doing uh, routing in Flutter. Constantly working with engineers on the new APIs, new functionality, constantly working with engineers on new tools and new features in our existing tools. We're always looking for ways uh, to make uh, uh, Flutter engineers' lives better. And you mentioned uh, Navigator uh, 2.0. Oh, um, are there any updates already, or it's still uh, you would recommend to use uh, just a... Well, actually, what we found is um, we picked uh, three of the top... Um, uh, three of the top custom routers. Um, and uh, what we did was we run ran usability studies on them. And what we found is that um, two things that are interesting. One is that um, uh, different one of the routers are, are better or worse at different things. So, for example, one's really great at, you know... Um, uh, redirection. Another one's really great at deep linking. Um, you know those kinds of things. We looked at it at that level. Um, and but none of them is the best overall. None of them is ready for us uh, uh, yet to say, "Hey, you know, you use this." Um, if, unless you have. And so, thinking of the model um, with state management, there's a bunch of state management solutions, and we recommend if. If you don't know which one to start with, to use a provider. And so we're looking for a, a, a similar answer in the navigation and routing space. None of them is yet head and shoulders above the rest, uh, as I mentioned. However, what we have noticed is that um, several of the better ones are kind of converging around a common set of features and a common set of uh, API conveniences. And so um, just the act, kind of the Heisenberg principle of, uh, uh, applies here, just the act of, of comparing um, these routing situation, uh, these routing uh, solutions and sh being transparent about what we're looking at and how we think about it and providing feedback. Um, I've noticed actually that all three of them have gotten better and they have, um, uh, I, th I am confident uh, that over time that we will be able to uh, recommend uh, one of them, um, uh, maybe not one in this batch, but something um, uh, as a router, because everything is kind of converging into uh, a set of features and uh, UX conveniences that make it uh, a good experience. And could you name these uh, packages? Actually, I don't want to, to steal the UXR team's thunder. They're putting together a blog post now. So I uh, okay, okay. recommend watching the Flutter channel on Medium uh, for the details there. I was always curious. So how does the usability studies go for an uh, analysis like this? Yeah. So essentially the way a usability study works is you, uh, you set up an environment um, for a specific person, some volunteer from the, from the community that you want to uh, test against. You set up an environment and you give them a task uh, or a set of tasks. 
And then you watch how they do those tasks. Often this is recorded and you ask them kind of detailed questions about what worked and what, what didn't. And from that, from these individual kinds of um, uh, high touch uh, interviews, watching them uh, perform a task in an environment, um, you then you start to see trends, right? You know, 90% of people didn't know how to get started or 20% of people tried to do this and succeeded and the rest failed. And um, most people thought, you know, when the code they should type should look like this, but you know, it really, sh- it was supposed to look like this. Maybe we should, and, well, and then, so then you get all that, that trend data together and then you make recommendations, which is, Hey, you know, we've noticed that people want to write this kind of code and that makes sense to them. And these kinds of names make sense to them. And, and this didn't work at all. And they expected this instead. Then you can start making recommendations. And then the engineers and the uh, product management can look at those recommendations and then make uh, product plans. You know, in the next quarter, we will tackle these three top pain points uh, to make this a better experience for people. And that's, that's uh, how a user experience uh, uh, research uh, works in the kind of user experience study. Then, then the other kind of big path for user experience research is surveys, right? Um, you know, uh, and we, we send out a kind of flutter overall developer satisfaction survey um, once a quarter. And so, you know, between that, those two data points is how, uh, is a big part of how the engineering team um, or the product team makes makes decisions about which features uh, to focus on uh, in the future. I also assume that you follow other companies and community contributions that also uh, improve the developer experience. Uh, do you have anything to highlight there? Uh, something that you you have seen recently and you really like and um, you would recommend uh, our listeners to check out um, and just uh, visit. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you haven't seen Flutterflow yet, uh, I recommend it. Um, they released their 1.0 version um, at I.O. And it's a, it's a low-code tool. Essentially lets you design um, a Flutter and Firebase app interactively in their tool. And then you get you can generate the code, which means that you can either get you know a whole or partial app um, interactively in their tool in a in a fraction of the time, and then you can output the code um, and either you know compile it and ship it, or you know at that point you can you can keep working on it. But they've got you know WYSIWYG design services and high level kinds of login flows, and and they have continued. I must see. Um, an email from Flutterflow in my inbox every couple of weeks about you know all these cool new features uh, they do, uh, which is uh, which is pretty great. Uh, another thing um, uh, you should uh, look at, especially if you're into Flutter Desktop, is Code Magic um, from NeverCode is a CI/CD tool for um, uh, building, testing, and deploying uh, Flutter apps all the way to the store or uh, the web. And they've just recently added support for, I believe, Mac and Linux desktop. And they're, um, uh, they're working on uh, Windows, is my understanding. 
so, you know, being able to uh, do CI CD all the way to the, you know, the Snap Store for Linux or et cetera um, is pretty cool. And then I just saw uh, this morning in my inbox uh, a new tool um, that was recently updated um, uh, called uh, Detective. Uh, so detective.dev. And essentially what it does is it kind of digs in uh, to the, uh, the the debugging channel of your app, um, your Flutter app, and you uh, when you're debugging it. And it allows you to actually navigate all the state in your app and actually uh, view it and modify it in real time. Um, and so things like, Gosh, I wonder if what happens if I change the width or height of this thing, and the app will automatically relay out. Or, you know, I want to add these items to the, this list. How does that change how things are laid out? Or, yeah, it's a it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty great uh, um, uh, app uh, that I recommend uh, people check out. And and by the way, these are all kind of uh, community uh, things. These are not. Uh, anything that the Flutter team did. And uh, I'm always, always seeing between packages, plugins, and developer tools, amazing things uh, from the Flutter community. It's, uh, it continues to astound us in terms of both the growth of developers using Flutter and just the growth and richness uh, and depth of the ecosystem. It continues to be amazing to me. I wanted to ask... Um... What would you so if someone wants to learn uh, Flutter, what can they do to have the best experience? What I've seen um, the most successful uh, Flutter engineers do is um, they set aside some time to build something they care about, right? I mean, the, certainly you should you should you know install the SDK and 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 create new Flutter apps and read through that code and, and poke at it um, from the template. And, and I would definitely recommend Flutter Dev for a rich set of um, videos and tutorials and samples uh, and documentation for sure. There's a bunch in there, as well as some online courses and some great new, new Flutter books. But the things that I've seen, you know, people get who are really successful in bootstrapping themselves on Flutter is they actually build Flutter apps, something that they care about. It doesn't have to be enormous. You don't have to jump right into a huge app uh, to start, but it, it should be something, maybe you know, a few of the representative screens from your you know, existing app or from some new app that you hope to build at your company. And you, you, all you've got are, are screen mockups, right? Try to build that in Flutter. Or you know, some personal apps, something you would actually use and run in your real life. Try to build and and deploy that uh, in Flutter. Uh, I think that there's a huge difference in learning and comprehension and retention of new knowledge between you know poking at the existing samples and running them and seeing what's possible versus sitting down to actually build something for real that you actually care about. Yeah, I think it's a really good advice. Uh... I think also when I, like, I think only following tutorials, of course, it is important because you can learn a lot. But once you try to build something your own, then you will face, I think, problems that you otherwise would just 
I don't know, skip <laughs> completely. That's right. Um, then um, I think it is time to wrap things up. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us about Flutter. Uh, and it was great to have you as a guest. And I wanted to ask, uh, so before we sign off, is there anything you wanted to mention? Uh, then uh, now is the time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, as I already mentioned, we have that usability study that we plan on publishing on the Flutter channel of Medium. Um, we also um, have a uh, stable release coming up. Um, uh, I won't give the specific date because I don't want to ruin the surprise, but definitely keep an eye out on, uh, again, uh, Medium um, for, for a release of a new stable version of Flutter coming up not too far away. Okay, okay. And where can our listeners find you online? Uh, are you active on any social platforms? Twitter, LinkedIn? I'm I'm uh, I'm C cells on Twitter. All right. So I think this is it. And then thank you all for listening. And see you next time. Thanks for having me, Vince. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please do me a favor and recommend the episode to your friends. Both online and in-person recommendations are appreciated, so share either on social platforms such as Twitter and LinkedIn, or just mention the podcast to your coworkers and software developer friends. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss the next episode. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also listen to the podcast directly from your web browser on flutter101.dev, that is flutter101.dev. You will also find an RSS feed there. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review. It only takes a couple of seconds and can help the podcast reach a bigger audience. Have a great day and see you next time.